Higher prices at the grocery store are leading to higher frustrations and theft at grocery stores. We checked in with the UFCW, the union that represents a whole bunch of grocery workers in this province, to find out what staff are seeing, and we were all surprised to learn who is stealing. Mexico has banned smoking in public. Why the change? What does this mean for tourists? And what can happen if you get caught? Zellers is coming back, and a lot of Canadians are excited, but we're kind of curious to know why. And boy, did we learn about some really cool spots that you visited. We had a great chat about the cool concert venues you'd like to visit or have visited. I'm Brett McGarry, alongside Greg Mackling and Loren McNabb. We are Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. And this is the Wednesday, January 18th podcast for The Start. Good morning, Mackling and McGarry and Mr. Mackling. We welcome back to the start to our own show, Loren McNabb. Good morning. But you are oh. not back in studio. You saved me one more day from the windowless tomb <laughs> that is my studio down the hall. Oh, no, I'm still at home. I am, uh, the voice is back. I completely lost my voice after we went off air on Friday and then gained it back a bit Saturday, then lost it again Sunday and... It's been a battle, but I'm here, but coughing still, so I thought I'd save you from being trapped in a room with me in a windowless room and a cough, and uh, good morning, all. How are we doing? We're doing okay. We might have to send you down the hall. You come in tomorrow or Friday, though. I'll be honest. <laughs> we'll, we'll hermetically seal it for four hours and get you water somehow, some way. I know I'm not alone in this because you went through this before Christmas, Greg, but, <clears throat> and here it goes, the dry cough. This year is like un- one I have never had, I don't think, in quite some time, maybe ever, where it just doesn't want to go away. It wants to live with me. It's moved in with me. It's called my home. It's home. <laughs> the cough is now, a big, I think, part of my life, and I cannot shake it. The most stubborn part about it and the most frustrating part, Brett, is the fact that you think you've shaken it, and then you know you stay silent, say, for a few hours, and then you try and do this job, and you're half hour or an hour in, and it's like, oh my gosh, I can't. Because it just it, the cough wants to take over. Well, that happened. You you had to go home. Uh, I think was it at once or twice. I where, think it was twice. Yeah, yeah. You had to go home and have mid shift because the cough was fine while you were prepping for the show, and then as the show went along, it got worse and worse. And that's I remember working in a call center, and whenever I would go into work with a cold. Um, I didn't, the, the, the worst time of my day was while I was at work because I was talking for eight hours and then I'd go home and say nothing and I'd feel better. And then I'd go back to work the next day right. and then I'd feel lousy all over again. And you convince yourself you're fine. And then you get out there and now in this climate now, when you're out with a cough and you want to explain to someone like, you know, I've done the COVID tests and I don't, I don't know. I don't know about the contagion part of it in terms of, I, I don't have COVID. First of all, they've, they've come back negative several times, but it's something, it's some sort of you know, chest virus, and you can't be out just hacking up a storm like this in this world anymore, right? Like, I'm fine. <coughs> There's nothing to see here, you know? And then you're like, oh, it's gross. So <laughs> carry on. I still feel that that weirdness whenever if I'm, if, if even when I'm out for a walk, like last night I went for a walk and because it's cold and I, I my nose typically is sniffly all the time anyway. So yeah, throw in the cold weather and my nose is running almost constantly. Mm-hmm. And I'll pull a Kleenex out of my pocket, but if someone's approaching me, I'll wait until they pass me <laughs> to blow my nose. It's like, okay, uh, so I wonder if that paranoia or that, not paranoia, I don't know if that's the word I'm looking for, but that fear of, of freaking someone else out that I'm sick is ever going to go away. I, I, that's, a, that's a really good point. I, I know I had a, a couple of coughs the other day out at curling, and I, I left the area I was and went out into the vestibule and uh, did my coughing there where there was nobody else because I just didn't want to, you know, bother anybody or panic them or. But it's at the point though, like, I mean, it's, you know, you've, you had that cough for several weeks, Greg. I had it a bit before Christmas, then Christmas. And then the last two weeks have been bad for me. At what point, you know, you, you're not, not working for six straight weeks. Right. Because of the cough, right? Like, I'm sorry, like, let's be realistic. I want to be fair. 
and I want to not make my colleagues sick. But at some point, one has to work. Yeah, so. for sure. And, and I don't know. Do we need to get T-shirts <laughs> that like and walk out? I'm, it's not COVID. <laughs> it's just a dry cough. I just got a dry cough, people. I've had this like cough it. for six weeks. It will right. not go away. You know, a little essay just to, to, to let people know. Anyway, it's good to good to hear your voice, such as it is, McNabb. It's, I, I think there were certain people in my life that were happy that I couldn't talk. I couldn't, I literally could not speak. And then I had to have to like slam my foot on the floor to get the kids' attention if they were in the basement, right? Come upstairs or I'd clap my hands really loud and they'd turn and look at me. And then I'd be trying to like mime. Like I, there, there was, I couldn't even whisper stuff. And I was like trying to signal eating. Uh, it was a it was a joy. I think they liked it. So when yelling you, from mom. When you lost your voice, how did you feel otherwise? Uh, at the beginning, I felt fine, but then the more I tried to talk again, the more I started coughing again. So I I, I lost my voice Friday. Felt actually fine Friday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then Sunday night started feeling lousy again, coughing and coughing. So I don't know. Okay. I feel fine now. I feel fine. I feel great. I don't, but you know. <laughs> Okay, that well, was not, that was not some sort of like poetic punk, <laughs> punctuation there. Well, we appreciate we appreciate you coming back into battle and trying to fight through it because uh, so many people are going through similar stuff right now. So, uh, and feel free to weigh in. I guess at two zero four seven eight zero sixty eight sixty eight. Have you experienced the dry cough that that uh, bothered Greg for a while and is now bothering Loren and? Hopefully it doesn't bother me at some point, but who knows? Maybe my maybe I'm next. Maybe I'm due. That's a baseball term, right? He's due. Was oh, he's due. Yeah, yeah. Stone cold at the plate. He's due to, to hit one. Speaking uh, of stone cold, the Jets were stone cold last night. They came out of the gates flat as a pancake, and uh, they they came out of the first period. I think they were they were ahead one nothing. Going into the second and Montreal, the floodgates opened. It was another bad Tuesday night for the Jets. But I, I think I'm handling it quite well this morning, wouldn't you say, Brad? I've been in a, not necessarily a jovial mood, but I I, I haven't been grumpy this morning. Nope. I want to be grumpy. I want to break stuff, but I'm not. <laughs> no grumpiness. Does it hurt more that they lost to Montreal? Oh, on a bunch of different levels. Um, we've had trouble with Montreal over the last few years. Montreal is twenty uh, sixth in the overall standings. They are struggling. They're not really beating anyone. And then, of course, uh, the sting of the playoffs from a couple of years ago when they 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 took us out in the playoffs or took the Jets out in the playoffs. Yeah, you, you like to beat Montreal, and even when you do mo- beat Montreal, was in the in the Bell Center. Oh gosh, I guess it was about six years ago, and the Jets beat the Habs on a Saturday afternoon and you know you're cheering and you're celebrating and the Habs fans just turn around and they look at you and they they point at the rafters to the 24 Stanley Cup banners and like you just can't win there's no winning against a Habs fan because one win means nothing nothing in the overall scheme of things eyes on the prize tomorrow night people that's a big tomorrow night eyes on the prize the Toronto Maple Leafs Uh uh-huh well, that causes friction in your household, doesn't it? They're not allowed to watch it. They're going to bed. <laughs> 6 p.m. Excellent. It is Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb coming up after Global News at 7 o'clock. Higher prices at the grocery store leading to higher frustrations and theft. We'll speak with the UFCW union representing a lot of grocery workers in this city and province and find out what's going on. Um, And then at 7.35, it's our weekly Wednesday Jets chat. John Shannon will join us to talk some hockey and hopefully try to raise uh, Mr. Mackling's spirits a little bit. Although, as he pointed out earlier, not grumpy today, just not happy, but quietly Mm -hmm. unhappy. I'm getting less happy as I watch the highlights on Global News Morning this morning, such as they are. Fair enough. Fair enough. Someone send him a steep tea. <laughs> that usually helps him out. Yeah, that'll help for sure. <laughs> so we shared with you yesterday our thoughts on new guidelines that are now recommending adults only have up to two drinks per week. Here's what some of you had to say. My age, people like to go out and, you know, have fun going to be more than two drinks like i work out as well so i know my body and i i can have a bit more than two drinks but um 
Yeah, I think on average, most people should shoot for that number. Don't go higher if it's not good for your body, you know? It's all up to you individually. That's ridiculous. I haven't heard Trudeau come out publicly with that. So I don't know who's pulling the strings on that. That's nonsense. We're all adults. I may have one or two, uh, well, whatever, right? It shouldn't be looking into that world of ours. Is a, I don't know who did that for the Liberal Party. That makes me sick. I've heard the bits and things, but that's true. I do not believe that they have to guide us like children. But I think you have to have self-control. I think when it goes beyond control, then it's become harmful. But otherwise, it's, it's okay once in a while if you, if you are uh, within that parameter. So what you decide for yourself and good for your family. Sidebar to what we just heard. I love how, and I, hey, I appreciate the honesty, but I, I love how for many Canadians, when something happens and they don't like it, it's Trudeau's fault. <laughs> it's Justin Trudeau. <laughs> oh, Trudeau, and he's up to no good again. So uh, I would be willing to bet Trudeau is not happy with these guidelines either. So, and I'm not <laughs> like we've seen that he enjoys to have a drink too. He's probably throwing his hands up in the air. But I, I get your point, Brett. This yeah. is not a law. These are recommendations. This is for your education. This is health information. But what do we do with all this? Global's Tegan Rasha spoke to some experts on what Canadians should consider when trying to understand why they might need to reduce their alcohol consumption. I think Canadians and people around the world have been rather in the dark about how much alcohol is 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 okay. New national guidance released Tuesday by the Canadian Centre for Substance Use and Addiction now recommends adults only have up to two drinks per week. A significant decrease from what was previously thought to be safe, two to three drinks per day. Over 40% of Canadians are not aware that there is a link between alcohol and cancer risks. But cutting back on drinking can seem overwhelming. Starting with small steps can be the way to go. It's not no alcohol, you know. It's a harm reduction approach, you know, probably understanding that most Canadians would have a difficult time um, with full abstinence um, from alcohol. Initiatives like the Canadian Cancer Society's Dry February can also encourage cutting back. But to really implement alcohol culture change, Holmes suggests an approach similar to smoking cessation. Shifts that happen with smoking and tobacco include a greater understanding of the health risks associated with smoking tobacco and policy changes really to shape the environment to reduce smoking. Many Canadians are turning to alternative beverages instead of alcohol. A new Winnipeg-based company is a dedicated non-alcoholic retailer selling alcohol-free craft beer, wines, spirits and cocktails from around the world. When we uh, go to markets, people are just blown away by the amount of different products there actually are now. Most people have never heard of non-alcoholic tequilas or whiskeys and other spirits. Whether it's an alternative beverage or just a reduction in the amount people drink, the new two-drink-a-week guidance is sure to get people thinking about their consumption. Tegan Rasha, Global News. First of all, I'm fascinated by the growth in non-alcoholic beverages because for me, at face value, it's like decaf coffee. I don't get it because I'm not drinking coffee for the taste, but for the caffeine and the effect the caffeine brings. And I wonder for people who like a drink or two, is it for the taste or for the effect that drink or two or more can have? At the end of the day, you know, when we look at all of this, no one has to follow these guidelines the same way no one... And I put up your hand if you're eating seven servings of vegetables a day, because that's the recommendation by, you know, Health Canada and the food guide, right? Seven servings of vegetables. I don't know who's hitting that. It's a guideline. Uh, I do wonder and, and maybe even a bit worry that for many of us, there might be a reality check coming our way in the years ahead, like where we'll end up at the doctor and they're going to give us a concerning diagnosis and we'll say, but hang on, like I don't smoke. And I walk every day and I eat minimal red meat and I eat a lot of vegetables. And then they're going to say, yes, but how much do you drink? And then we might learn the hard way that that's the thing that's going to, if not cut our life short, maybe impact our quality of life. And I think that's what's happening here, that there's this shift to saying like there's a whole long list of problems associated with alcohol that we're trying to tell you we're not doing well with as a whole as society, not just the side effects of drinking and how it can lead to problems within the home, drinking and abuse, drinking and fights, drinking and all the rest, just drinking and your health. And I will say this as someone, as we all know, who likes my wine, 
I like my drink with friends. I would seriously struggle to limit my consumption to two drinks a week. And by struggle, I just mean I don't want to, Brett. <laughs> but I hear what they're saying, and I'm, I'm trying to digest it in an appropriate manner. I said to Dr. Peter Butt yesterday when we spoke about the release of this report, just how flawed was the research that they based the recommendations on back in 2011. He said there were some major problems with the research in terms of accountability and how honest people were in the, in the, in the questionnaires and, and how much alcohol they were actually ingesting versus how much they said they were ingesting. And so you mentioned the Canada Food Guide because think about the Canada Food Guide and the recommendations that we grew up with with that guide and then the, the revision of that a handful of years ago, it flipped that triangle upside down in terms of the types of food that we were supposed to be eating and how many servings of this and how many servings of that. So, you know, you mentioned that this is not unprecedented to have the message changed almost 180 degrees, you know, in the, in the midst of our adult lives. Alcohol, fentanyl, meth, they all lead to big problems within our community. So coming up after 9.30, we're going to check in with Global's Clay Young to hear what he learned from the folks at StreetLinks this morning. And by the way, question of the day at cjob.com for credit aid. Struggling with debt? Call 204-987-6890, creditaid.ca. What's your reaction to these guidelines? Quite the horse race, and you can still weigh in. At last check, we had an even split. I agree, alcohol causes too many problems. It was option one. Option two, drinking less is good, but two drinks seems harsh. And option three, two drinks a week? What a joke. And that's an even split, 33.33% for each of those. It is Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. Here's another M, Madonna. Hitting the road for a 35-city international tour that will celebrate four decades of her greatest hits. Three Canadian cities. The tour is actually going to kick off in Vancouver in July. No Winnipeg stop. But that got us thinking, what venue would you travel to to see a show? Or perhaps you've already done it. Maybe you've you've gone on a trip and seen a, a concert or a show in a really cool spot 204-780-6868. Tell us a story. And Jeff Braun, are we going to hear more about The Boss? Bruce! No. I, I did go to Calgary once to see Bruce. I also had friends there, so it wasn't just for Bruce. But uh, no, th- today I thought I'd mention perhaps the nerdiest thing I've ever done. Well, my Titanic story is the nerdiest thing i ever done, but that's for another time. Uh, I did go to Montreal to watch a podcast taping at a theater. Come on. <laughs> yeah. My favorite podcast is, uh, it's called How Did This Get Made? It's um, these improv comics just sit on a stage and they uh, do a 90-minute show. They just make fun of a really bad movie every second week. And uh, I, I was going to Ottawa anyways to visit family. And then they said they were going on tour. And I looked up their dates and was like, oh, they're going to be in Montreal. So I... Uh, Bought tickets and uh, told my brother-in-law, hey, guess what? You get to drive me to Montreal when I'm in Ottawa <laughs> in a couple of months. And uh, it was great. We had, a, I had an amazing time. It was so much fun. And it, it was a little niche thing. They did their show in whatever the Montreal equivalent of the Burton Cummings Theater is. I can't remember the name of the place, but it was a blast. How many people were there? Um, it was full. It was whatever that place holds, like about 2,000, 2,500. Wow. Oh, yeah. It was good times. That's cool. And then, so that was the live show, and then for it to come onto their podcast feed took, that was in uh, August, or July or August, and it took till the next May before it finally hit their feed. But, I mean, the, the pandemic had something to do with that, too, or whatever. It hit in the meantime, so. Okay. It was, yeah, it was wild. I'll need, a, I'll need a refresher on this Titanic story as well. You've got me curious. <laughs> I can't quite remember. Poetress, what about you? Uh, favorite mu- musical is Hamilton. Me and my wife both absolutely love it, and I would love to go and see it in New York. Uh, that would be a great trip. I, I figure, I'm not sure when it's coming to Winnipeg. I mean, if anybody at like the um, Centennial Concert Hall has any uh, inside information, you can email me at cam at cjob.com. Just give me the inside track. I promise I won't release anything uh, on the air. I'll just keep it for myself. But like <laughs> whenever it's coming to Winnipeg, I'm going to go see it at least twice. At, well, I'll go see it twice. I probably won't see it more than that. But I think in the meantime, the, we would love to go and see it. 
uh, anywhere. And I'm actually constantly looking on like, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Are we going to be somewhere near? Uh, we're going to Florida in April again, and it's going to be in Orlando like a, two, a month and a half before. So we, we miss that. But I will see it eventually. I will see it sometime. you got to take your shot. Do you want to be in the room when it happens? That's absolutely, right, man. I can't miss out on that sort of thing. <laughs> Chicago, I know. Uh, I think it was in Chicago when For we were there very, a couple huge, of years ago. Yeah, like a very long um, stay there and missed that one. The Chicago Theater, in fact, would have been a great place to see it. You missed out, Cam. Well, is your story based in Chicago? No, it's actually, uh, so November 4th, 1987, went to see you 2 in St. Paul, Minnesota. Did that, was Center. that date off the top of your head? Oh, yeah, you absolutely. No, off the top of my head. The, the best concert I've ever seen in my lifetime. But uh, I, I have a dream of seeing you 2 at Red Rocks in Colorado, just outside of Denver. In 1983, they shot the U2 Live at Red Rocks Under a Blood Red Sky, and it's an incredible concert film. It's actually the concert film that really took my U2 fandom to the next level. So if I could see U2 live at Red Rocks at some point, that would be it. That would be just fantastic. It's one of the ultimate venues on Earth. 100% it is, yeah. Red Rocks. Red Google Rocks. It's, it. an, it's an amphitheater. They even spell it the Canadian way, yeah. R-E, instead of E-R, just outside of Denver. Mm-hmm. And it's in the incredible, just in the foothills, oh, essentially the Rocky Mountains. And it's... Uh, they have this big rock right oh. next to it. And they, they, they can like uh, project oh, images cool. onto it. And it's just incredible. If you sort of want to get a look at it, uh, I think on Netflix, there's a stand-up comedy special from Bill Burr. Yeah, Bill Burr. Red Rocks. Yeah, Red yeah, Rocks, yeah, yeah, from a couple... I think just this past summer. Although they're... <laughs> I'm on their website right now, and this uh, they, this isn't particularly tantalizing to me. Instead of seeing a concert, they've got uh, a bunch of people doing yoga in the amphitheater. Yeah. It's like <laughs> I'm not. I don't want to go to your venue to exercise. Uh, how disappointed would you be if you show up there and you're like all pumped to see some music, and you're like, oh, and it's like Enya playing in the background. <laughs> everyone's doing yoga. <laughs> That would actually probably be a pretty cool place to see Enya. Yes. But I don't want to do exercise while I'm doing it. Um, what, uh, Loren, what about you? Well, just on that front, like, I think there's nothing better than watching music in an outdoor amphitheater when the amphitheater is good. And I think the concert, it depends on the, um, on the style of music and all the rest. But I remember seeing Chris Stapleton last year in Winnipeg and thinking, ah, oh, this dude should be like outside somewhere. We should at least be in a field or, you know, the experience would be so much better. And so when you brought this topic up and you mentioned, um, Red Rock, if you Google, Del, I think it's Dalhalla, Sweden, they have also the same sort of thing where it's built into the rock. And I think it was a meteorite or something, like something landed there, you know, like tens of thousands of years ago and created this big kind of cutout in the rock and they put in like an amphitheater. Oh, man. And now it's just stunning. And so uh, there's all sorts of outdoor amphitheaters. Even in south of France, there's one that's super cool. If you, even, you might say, oh, I wouldn't be into the opera, but if the venue was there and it was amazing... You'd love it. The only problem with the Sweden one is that I don't recognize any of the acts coming to it. But I will say this for Cam. Jesus Christ Superstar musical is going to Sweden. And I oh, feel like you like that, too. I love Jesus Christ Superstar. Yes. So Raised you get to on Sweden. Jesus Christ Superstar. There you go. Yeah. This, yeah, this is... I've never heard of this place. I What a neat that spot. Is that is wild. I went it, And I, I'll be fair. I, I only found it this morning because I was just going down the rapid hole. I've, I went to Red Rock and then I looked at all these other amphitheaters and the people who rave about the places they've played and why in terms of the sounds and the acoustics at the rock, I guess. Obviously, oh. there's something natural in it, right? Like they build, you know, Carnegie, Carnegie Hall, the way it's built. It's got different parts of its infrastructure. They're about bouncing that sound around. And I guess... If you have it naturally, if, it must be even better. If you want to see an incredible concert film, Sting Live in Tuscany. It was actually filmed on September 1st, 2001. And it's an extraordinary concert film uh, in, the, in, the, in these ruins in, uh, in Tuscany. The sound is spectacular and the sights are also fantastic. And producer Tyson and Master Control. I actually got to go to my the venue I wanted to the most in grade 12. We went on a Europe trip, and so we were in Lo- in London, and England was playing Lithuania and an international friendly. So me and a couple of my buddies went, got to go to Wembley. It was honestly one of the best nights of my life. It was so much fun. The one thing that surprised me, though, was the security. It's just, you can go. Just keep going. Just They wave their hands over you, and it's like they're doing magic on you or something. <laughs> And then they just let you in. No security. They don't even check your your pockets. Don't check your legs. It's 
but it was it was one of the best experiences of my life for sure. Wembley. So some awesome venues here. So here's what we need from you at 204-780-6868 for a chance to win some tickets to see the Manitoba Moose versus the Iowa Wild at Canada Life Center on Friday, February 17th. Which venue would you like to travel to to see a show or have you already been to an awesome venue to see a show outside of Winnipeg and outside of Manitoba? It is Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. We're going to talk groceries and increasing costs leading to increasing theft in a moment. But before that, 204-780-6868, we're asking you, where would you like to travel to see a show, to see a concert, or where is the coolest place you've traveled to see a concert. What have we got so far, Mackling? Uh, I saw Jackson Brown at Red Rocks in September, says one of our listeners. Great show, great atmosphere. Checked one item off the bucket list there. And what about our former colleague, Barry Burns, Loren? Uh, Barry says, I saw the Guess Who, along with Three Dog Night, in the single concert in the Horton Pavilion in Sydney, New South Wales, Australia, back in 1972. Barry says, it was fabulous. I bet. Yeah, no kidding. I looked that up, too. It looks like a tremendous venue. So, And good morning to you, Barry. Nice to hear from you, as always, sir. So keep those coming for a chance to win some Manitoba Moose tickets for Friday, February 17th. The Iowa Wild in town will pick a winner at 9.15. Now, are you frustrated by the cost of beef, chicken, romaine lettuce, for example? I know some restaurants are switching to spinach because romaine is costing mm. way too much money. How about shortages of some of your favorites? Or... The fact, as we were talking about yesterday, that when you do find them on the shelves, some of it looks a little sad. Yeah, a little wilty lettuce for what you're paying for. And so what we're asking this morning is, how are you showing that frustration? And what are grocery store workers seeing? Jeff Traeger is the president of local UFCW 832. That's the United Food and Commercial Workers Union, which represents thousands of grocery store employees in this province. Good morning, Jeff. Good morning, Lauren. How are you? I'm good. I, I, I was wondering yesterday as I listened to all these conversations in and around food and food prices, and we know it's been a concern for months now, what are your members seeing in stores when it comes to the way customers are behaving, acting, or maybe expressing some of their frustrations? Yeah, well, customers definitely are uh, frustrated, and they are expressing that frustration to cashiers at the till or maybe employees uh, stocking shelves in the aisle. There's, there's two themes that our members uh, tell us. Uh, one, and customers are shocked or angry. The cost of their food uh, keeps steadily going up. You know, something they bought last week has gone up again, and it just gets that much harder to put a healthy meal on the table for their family. Uh, they'll often comment to the cashier about the price, but so far it doesn't seem as though they're blaming our members or taking out their frustration directly on them. What we're hearing is that they're angry with the huge grocery chains like the Loblaw that operates superstores and no frills or Sobeys that operates Sobe stores, Safeway and Freshco. And these companies keep reporting profits uh, to their shareholders, all the while increasing their prices weekly and sometimes even daily. And that second theme is that customers are frustrated by the empty shelves. Cashiers are, you know, as part of their job, often ask, oh, did you find everything okay? But that's kind of become an invitation for customers to express that anger or that frustration by saying, you know, no, I didn't, or by saying something like, if I was looking for empty food shelves, I could have just stayed at home. Um, the double whammy is when they combine those two things and say things like, well, I did find half of what was on my list, but I could only afford to pay for half of that. So right now the frustration is uh, is ramping up a little bit, and, and I believe that a lot of these folks uh, who are expressing that frustration aren't just angry. They're also a little scared because don't seem to see an end in sight to this. You know, inflation just keeps driving the cost of, of food up and up. And here in Manitoba, our inflation rate is the highest in the country at 8, uh, 8%. I heard that on Hal Anderson's show yesterday. And so I did a little research on that, but it's true. We have the highest uh, in the country. So 
where it's a concern for grocery shoppers across Canada, it's even more of a concern right here at home in Manitoba. Hey, Jeff, it's Greg Mackling here. And I mentioned on air on Monday that that I've even found myself, uh, you know, making some decisions that I have never made in the past with regard to, to product selection to the point where I've left uh, some things uh, in the freezer that I would normally buy based on the price. And that's leading to, for some folks, theft uh, cases of chicken at 50 bucks and and a package of lean ground beef that's you know a kilogram and a half that's 22 23 dollars that's pretty inviting not only for those that need the food but also we understand for organized crime what are your what are your members uh, mentioning about theft in their locations and where they work yeah, well, coincidentally, last Friday I had a meeting with uh, where, where I had about six cashiers from three different banners that were attending that meeting. And they simply tell me that theft in retail grocery can best be described as being completely out of control. Um, our members tell us that a half hour of their shift doesn't go by without seeing uh, somebody who is shoplifting or somebody who's walking out of the store uh, without paying it and you're you know you're right organized crime is part of it because you can make a lot of money uh, selling uh, beef that you got for free to uh, you know maybe a small restaurant or to uh, or just to other people but one of the things that really is surprising our members uh, is that they're seeing people with young children and people with seniors uh, who are seniors sorry who are not scanning the most expensive items in their cart when they go through those self-checkouts because they just don't have the money to pay for it. Uh, so so the theft is really on a couple of different fronts. And on one front, it's like you say, it's like people that uh, would normally uh, be folks that were prone to, to steal rather than pay. Uh, in some cases, that is organized crime. But they're also seeing people with young families and uh, people who are on fixed income that are stealing because it seems to them at this point the only way that they can put a nutritious meal on the table for themselves. Well, we have about um, 60 seconds here, Jeff, but what, just want to know, like, what, what are staff supposed to do if they see theft? Are they supposed to intervene? The answer is absolutely not. Uh, as a matter of fact, all the major uh, grocery retailers have uh, policies that employees are under strict orders not to interfere, not to try to stop the shoplifter from leaving the store, not to follow them out of the store and into the parking lot. That's primarily for their own health and safety. Um, And when some have gotten really frustrated and have done that, have tried to get in the way of a shoplifter, they've actually been disciplined by their employer for doing so because they're violating policy. This is the employer's problem. It is also a small part of why prices are so high. So, you know, shrinkage is something that employers in this industry actually account for when they're putting a sticker on a on an item. So it is part of the problem and employers need to fix it. We've all seen what the MLCC did, but grocery stores won't do that unless it's mandated and they don't want to slow down the entry into their stores and they don't want to have to ask people for their ID. So. Uh, until that is something that they're all going to do together, no no one of them is going to do it alone. Jeff Traeger is the president of local UFCW 832, the United Food and Commercial Workers Union, representing thousands of grocery store employees in this province. Jeff, thank you very much for the time and the insight. We appreciate it, sir. Yes, and thank you for having me. Have a good day, everyone. It is Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. We're asking you at 204-780-6868, where would you like to go to see a show or where? what's a cool place where you have seen a show? And this one just came in from Simon. This sounds like we're, I'm learning about all sorts of cool places I've never heard of. Like Simon says, my wife and I are huge Harry Potter lovers, and back in 2003, we just happened to be backpacking around Europe at the same time they were releasing the new Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix movie, uh, which is the fifth movie in the series. Upon hearing this, we quickly pivoted away from the Greek islands and made our way to London. Oh, boy. And I'm sure it was just blind luck or perfect timing, but we were able to secure first showing tickets at a place called Shakespeare's Globe in London. Once-in-a-lifetime experience. I'm just looking at pictures of this place. It looks like one of the neatest spots ever. It's uh, Shakespeare called his theater a wooden O, and like his historic playhouse, the Globe Theater is a 360-degree auditorium with no roof over the central yard. 
What yeah, a neat place to watch cool. a movie. That's fantastic. I can't imagine I, giving I up the Greek pivot. islands yes, for that. that. There you go. I but, mean, I appreciate the passion, but a hard pivot from the Greek islands? Yeah, I, know, I take the ouzo and the sand That's myself. Up. Sounds like Simon and his wife are, are quite content no with kidding. their decision. What oh, else? yeah. What else we got here, Mackling? Uh, one of our listeners says we went to New York in 2015 and saw U2 at Madison Square Garden and Foo Fighters at City Field. Where was I? Why did I not get an invitation for that <laughs> trip? And Tracy says we went to Madison Square Garden to see Billy Joel, the best concert ever. Tracy says he'll do that again. And just for those that might want to do that trip, Billy Joel has played MSG 133 wow. times as of just last week, including at least once a month for 87 straight months. It's an unofficial, or it's an official residence, residency there. And so if you want to see Billy Joel at Madison Square Garden, just uh, check out uh, over the next couple of months. You can, you can maybe get tickets to see it. Is he a New Yorker or is it because, yes. you know, there's some, okay. Yeah. I was just going to ask, maybe there's, you know, there's probably a lot of venues that artists want to play at, right? Because of the acoustics or the crowd or the history or what have you. But no, if he's a New Yorker, that makes a bit of sense. Keep those stories coming for a chance to win some Manitoba Moose tickets versus the Iowa Wild. February 17th, Canada Life Centre will pick a winner at 9.15. It is Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. Normally, Wednesdays at 7.55, we have a Winnipeg Jets commentary from Paul Edmonds. We're going to move that to 8.11 because we've got to talk about something huge that's happening in Mexico. But before that... We're just asking for your feedback at 204-780-6868 on issues that you are seeing in the grocery store as it pertains to theft. What does Tracy say, Greg? I pay a membership into Costco, and there are less self-checkouts at Costco. When I am asked to use a self-checkout at Shoppers, Drug Mart, or Walmart, I tell them that I didn't get an invite to the staff Christmas party, <laughs> so I will not be using the self-checkout. Okay. Interesting comment. Feel free to weigh in, and we're going to get more into grocery feedback uh, just after Global News at 8 o'clock. But in the meantime, if you are a tourist who dreams of unwinding with a cigarette on a vacation to Mexico, as I once did as a 28-year-old man in Mazatlan, that fantasy, Loren, is about to go up in smoke. So just this past Sunday, Mexico put into place what's being called one of the world's strictest anti-tobacco laws, completely banning smoking in all public places, which means no smoking in hotels, parks, beaches. The total ban, this is part of, as we were telling you at 615, it's, it's part of Mexico's general law of tobacco control. And so they've also banned advertising, sponsorship, or promotion of any tobacco products. And they did put some restrictions around the sale and use of e-cigarettes, uh, but they're mostly looking on those restrictions in indoor usage. What we're really talking about here, Greg, is this idea of you're on the beach, you can't, you can't have a cigarette. Yeah, so Mexico is not the first country uh, on the planet to implement such a strict ban on smoking. Ireland, Greece, Bulgaria, Malta, Spain, and Hungary also have complete bans on smoking in all enclosed public spaces and workplaces. In December, you may remember, lawmakers in New Zealand voted to ban the sale of cigarettes to anyone born on or after January 1st, 2009. That unique plan to phase out tobacco smoking will mean that the minimum age to buy cigarettes will go up year by year. But Brett, you ask a terrific question as we were talking about this and talking this out earlier this morning. If you're a tourist, where can you smoke in Mexico? If you're a smoker and you go to Mexico, well, let, let's say you have no idea that this ban is in place. And I, I get that we're supposed to educate ourselves before we go somewhere. But, you know, you, I, with my first thing when I think of Mexico is it's a place where I would go to party or relax or imbibe or overindulge or whatever. And had I gotten there when I was 28 and I was told, oh, no, sorry, you, you're not allowed to smoke here or there or anywhere, I probably would have lost, like, I would have had a full-blown meltdown uh, being an addict to that. So where do you smoke? Are they, like, do I have to knock on somebody's private, uh, someone's door and say, hello there, may I enter your domicile so I can have a cigarette, please? Like, or, or is there smoking, is there smoking rooms still? Is that even a thing at hotels anymore? 
Where um, you can get a smoking room? Uh, I know in the States you can. I, I think maybe you can in Canada, but I'm, I'm not sure. And I think a lot of that is up to the proprietor themselves if they they want to to have that and offer it as a as an option so yeah i wonder like does that include actually inside your hotel room even though you've rented it no, it, it that's sounds not like a public it does space no uh, when you rent something that then becomes your space with the proprietor's rules yeah because the ban applies it says that you it has to be either somebody's home or a private uh like I'm just a private space. So but it, it right. says hotels, but does that just mean the public spaces within that hotel? That's, That's what I'm trying to find that. out here. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, what they're saying is don't smoke anymore. And so this gets sure. back to my earlier point. If that's what they're saying, then when are we at the point? And I'm not pushing for this. This is where I get annoyed with bands is that if you're saying it's so bad that I basically can't do it anywhere beside my home, why are we selling it in the first place? Because there are people that have been smoking for a long, long time. And there are people who have chosen to use tobacco, and it's a part of their life. And and, and now we, we know how bands go; people just go underground with that stuff. Then sure. there has to be there has to be some common sense involved in in these bands. And and the question with regard to Mexico's is, you know, what what does a tourist actually do? I think is a, a terrific one. And apparently, I'm just doing some more digging here. It looks like hotels under this under this new Regulation hotels can no longer offer smoking rooms. There you go. So what Mexico. do you? So your question back to you're not smoking. So what? Yeah, where are you going to go unless you get invited to somebody's home and onto their property or into their house? There's no place for you to smoke. What if you're on your boogie board way out in the ocean, just having a cigarette? Oh, that's a public space, but you're far away from. I, I don't know. International marine law? Is that yeah, what international, there? Waters, <laughs> international waters. That was the term I was looking for. <laughs> so let us know uh, what you think about this at 204-780-6868. And indeed, obviously, uh, the, 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 easy, the, the better solution is to simply not smoke. But as we learned, we talked yesterday, the, the guidance is to basically not drink. But that genie's out of the bottle. We know You're not that putting when, that genie back in the bottle. It's we, never going to happen. We know that when we take our first sip of alcohol, that that's the better choice. We know that if you consume marijuana, that that's the better choice for the most part. We, we, we know that it's the best thing to never have a Big Mac. Yeah. As one of our listeners said, overindulging in anything is bad. But this is, this is nuts. Uh, this is going to be... Cause some, I would imagine, consternation for a lot of Canadian tourists. So feel free to weigh in at 204-780-6868. It is Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. In a moment, we are going to tee up an important event happening on this station on Friday. But before that, we are getting oodles of feedback on all kinds of things, including this public smoking ban in Mexico, including groceries and retail theft. And, of course, a reminder that we're asking you at 204-780-6868 for a chance to win yourself some Manitoba Moose tickets on a cool venue you would like to go to to see a show or a place that you have already seen a cool show. Like Pam says, I got to go to a convention in Las Vegas in the 90s. We were invited to an evening event, and I was shocked to see that we were getting a private concert with Little Richard as the entertainment. A bunch of us were even invited up on stage for the encore. That is incredible. Wow, what a moment. uh, I'm trying to find the text, but it came in early this morning as well from a... Las Vegas concert. I want to say it was James who said he was in Vegas and saw Motley Crue in what was like a small bar. Yes. The joint. A joint. And I think he used the words, it was terrifyingly awesome. Yeah. Because it would be a lot of people really enjoying themselves. But, uh, you know, maybe also terrifyingly fun. Yeah. It was (laughs) was terrifyingly (laughs) fun was the word. Yeah, it was well said. And he he said that it was basically a concert set up, a big arena stage set up (laughs) in a a bar. So that's pretty wicked. That's cool. So, uh, and and before we get to our next guest, also just uh, some great feedback regarding uh, the question of the day that we're asking you, should uh, grocery stores, more grocery stores take the Costco approach um, regarding theft 
as in checking your purchase before you exit. What are we getting on the text line, Greg? And he says it wasn't long ago that when you pulled up to the gas pump, you could pay at the pump or fill your tank and then go in to pay now. Pay at the pump or pay first in the store is super common. And Dave said for quite a while, Walmart has uh, locked up baby formula before because of theft. And and I said, do you buy razor blades in a big store? Dave says, not lately due to my Santa Claus beard. Well, if you buy razor blades at a bigger store or razors, you will know that most often they're not only locked up, but alarmed. Mm-hmm. Really? And, oh, Mm-hmm. Yep, they're some of the most valuable uh, items in the entire store because they're about, you know, two inches high by an inch wide, 45, 50 bucks. Oh. Tomorrow's topic, should we all stop shaving? <laughs> the answer is yes. <laughs> I use an electric trimmer. I haven't uh, bought a razor blade in probably 30 years. So, yeah, so keep that feedback coming at 204-780-6868. And in the meantime, as mentioned, this upcoming Friday is a very special day for us here at 680 CJOB. So this is the 2023 Innovation HSC Radiothon. It's presented by Merrick Holmes. And as you mentioned, it's taking place Friday, January 20th. And of course, we're going to hear all sorts of stories from grateful, excuse me, and passionate Manitobans who, like many of us, I think have received really exceptional care at HSC. And so to share some of those stories, we're going to broadcast live from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. folks talking to us about what HSC means to them because money raised through this HSC Radiothon improves patient care. It helps with research initiatives. There's training opportunities. We can help buy cutting-edge technology, medical equipment, and state-of-the-art facilities are born out of this. And we're going to learn more about one this morning, Greg. That's right. Our next guest is a charge nurse at the Wilf Tayu Thoracic Surgery Clinic and Endoscopy Unit, which is named after the late Wilf Tayu, who passed from esophageal cancer in 2016. The HSC Foundation launched a campaign to raise $3.2 million for this project, and the fundraising target was met well ahead of schedule. Thank you, thank you to the efforts of Mavis Tayu, Wilf's wife. We say good morning to Marcy Anderson, charge nurse at the Wilf Tayu Thoracic Surgery Clinic and Endoscopy Unit HSC Winnipeg. Good morning, Marcy. Good morning. We understand that in the first 11 days of this unit opening, the clinic saw over 50 patients. And prior to the clinic being built, the team was only able to see approximately seven patients a week. The unit clearly filling a gigantic need. Tell us a little bit more about where you work. So, as you mentioned, I work at the Wilf Tellu Thoracic Endoscopy and Surgical Center at HSC, which was generously funded uh, through the foundation. And we do service a previously very underserviced patient population. So, we handle most of our lung esophageal cancer patients, um, patients with swallowing difficulties. Uh, all the way down to hernia patients. And those first 11 days were amazing. Um, it just gave us a little taste of what we'd be able to do over the next years. And we have more than met our targets. I can imagine that's also helped a bit with just staff morale because your your goal in life is to help people, right? And, and here you are when you when you didn't have the space or even the facilities, you couldn't get to as many Manitobans as you would have liked. So what has that done just for the well-being for you and for your staff when you know you're doing more than you ever could before? So that, I think, is one of the important things that we need to touch on that the foundation does is not only does it bring um, services to patients, but it brings job opportunities to world-class surgeons and world-class nurses, other healthcare professionals, Um, and it brings great job satisfaction. When you allow us to feel like we're affecting change, we work so hard. But when we feel like we're just sort of spinning our wheels and we're not really helping patients, we're not able to really affect change, it's very easy to get just kind of disenchanted with your job and you sort of just kind of start checking in. We have a great staff at the Wilf Tell You. I'm proud to say that I've been there since day one and I have openly said this is where I will end my career. Um, 
and I've promised them another five years or so, but this will be the unit that I will end my career with, and I will proudly say that I helped establish this unit. Anytime I uh, have had interactions with nurses and nursing staff, I just I'm always blown away at uh, you know how hard they work. I mean, it just takes such a tremendous amount of dedication and compassion. So we're just curious to know what drew you to nursing. Um. Honestly, it was my father who said to me, I was kind of, um, you know, I had finished high school, I had started a university course and then sort of left it and was just sort of working part time at our jobs. And one day he said, you know, I always thought you would be a nurse. And I kind of looked at him and I said, I kind of thought I would be too. And that was the germ of the idea. Next thing I knew, I was enrolled and off I went, and as I got into it, it's exactly that. It was the closeness that you develop with a patient. Um, I mean, you maintain your, your professional relationship, but to be able to help somebody through the most difficult time in their life and, and then step back and see them flourish, it's, it's an amazing feeling. This is a wonderful initiative and the way it came together and who it's in honor of just makes it uh, that much more special, especially when the community gets behind a project. And and you mentioned the fact, Marcy, that there is uh, such a, a dramatic need for these services. And it was clear that that they that it was being uh, underserved, this this part of our population. So I like to say now that we don't have to look far for heroes in our world because Mrs. Talu has become one of my personal heroes. Uh, she took a personal tragedy. And instead of like most of us who would have turned inward to grieve, she looked outward and said, I'm going to make this better for the next family. And she did. Um, and the whole community came together with her to make it better for this population of patients that previously, for instance, patients who have trouble swallowing, they may have sat in the ER for 24 to 48 hours, unable to swallow even their own drool, um, and family members watching them waste away. Now they can call us. They come straight to us. So they bypass the ER. They come straight to us. We get them taken care of. We get their esophagus stretched back open. And, in fact, just yesterday a patient told us he was able to go home and eat Christmas dinner because we did a oh. dilation on him on the 23rd. So he could eat Christmas dinner, like something we most we take for granted. To him, that was huge. He could sit and eat dinner with his family. You don't get better than that. Well, Marcy, I hope that I never uh, or don't have to come visit your team in person anytime soon. But if I do, uh, it's good to know that there are good people like you working there. So thank you very much for joining us, and thanks for what you do. Thank you so much, and thank you for helping me to shine a spotlight on us. And um the donations that people give will help ensure that the services that they need tomorrow are there for them and their family. Thank Mar you so much. Marcy Anderson, charge nurse at the Wilf Talley Thoracic Surgery Clinic and an endoscopy unit at HSC Winnipeg. So once again, the 2023 Innovation HSC Radiothon presented by Merrick Holmes takes place this Friday, January 20th, and is a day of stories from grateful and passionate Manitobans who, like so many of us, received exceptional care at HSC Winnipeg. We are broadcasting live from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. on 680 CJOB. Special segments from 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. on Power 97 at Peggy at 99.1. And we are going to be on location from 9 a.m. until 6 p.m. Um, and you can please help us reach our goal of $205,000. To donate now, call 204 515 5612, that's 204 515 5612, 1 800 679 8493. That's toll free or text HSCF to 20222 to donate $20. Or you can go to the HSC Foundation website, that's hscfoundation.mb.ca. <laughs> It is Mackling McGarry McNabb. We've got a question for you about the return of a big-name brand in this country in just a moment. But before that, we're getting all kinds of feedback on all kinds of topics, including this public smoking ban that's taken 
uh, effect in Mexico, and we were asking for your feedback on that. And I see we got one sent in by email. Yeah, Ken's listening in Mexico this morning. He says, smoking in Mexico. We are in Puerto Vallarta, and I think it will be very hard to enforce this law, even with very high fines if you are caught. The little grocery store down the street has open packages. (laughs) You can buy one cigarette at a time. Oh, Oh, interesting. Okay. Yes, Uh, it might be one of these things where if you, tough to enforce, but if you do get caught, Mm -hmm. uh, I think the fines were like 300 bucks and they could even throw you in jail. Yeah, Mm -hmm. well, and how much more uh, latitude is this going to give the Mexican police to uh, give you a hard time, shake you down? Because that's not uncommon either, is it, Loren? Can't crack down on the cocaine cartel, but we're gonna get you on your tobacco. So I, I don't know. Maybe there'll be. It's, maybe it's a workaround for other things. The last thing you want, though, is to be in a jail in a foreign country, let alone in a jail in this country. And so I think that would be that would be a deterrence for many. The fine is one thing. You might say, "Oh, I, who cares? I won't pay this fine. I don't even live in this country. I'm only here for a week." But if there's a threat of being handcuffed, that changes things for sure. So you can continue to weigh in, 204-780-6868. And as well, Loren, as we look at the chart of stories that are trending at globalnews.ca, the runaway winner so far, Zeller's making a comeback in Canada this spring. Yeah, so they've announced the locations that they're going to be in. Uh, They are, are of course, looking to do 25 locations across the country, and Winnipeg will be one of them, and the location in Winnipeg is St. Vitale. And I don't know if that means, I think we saw, is that going to be in the mall space or just in the St. Patel area? Do we do we know? It's, it says it's going to be as as part of Hudson's Bay. So it looks like oh, they're going to, they're okay. going to, it's going to be like the, they're calling it the Zeller's Experience within the, the Bay store from what I'm right. gathering. Okay, so that's on the west side of the mall. So I, that makes sense to me because that Bay space is, I, I noticed just the other day I was in there, a ton of stuff was being moved out and I wondered what was going on. Ah. But my big question is, What's so good about Zellers? Like, I'm not remembering this. And I get that there might be excitement to save costs. And maybe Zellers might be the thing you think is going to allow you to buy things at a reduced price. But somebody tell me right now, they, they went away for a reason. <laughs> Why do you want them to come back? Like, what's going to make you shop at Zellers? Target. Target bought them out. Thought that and they could Target quarter the market. Failed. Well, yeah, they did a horrible job of the rollout here in Canada. But so, have you been at a Target lately? I was in one just two weeks ago, and I couldn't figure out the point again. Once again, I was like, what does everybody love about this store? It is Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. I got a piece of audio to play, but I'm really enjoying the musical stylings. What are we listening to right now, Producer Tyson, in for Jeff Forte? Oh, just a little bit of Luther. Luther Vandross. Oh, oh. man. I need to, like, go roller skating or something. <laughs> Tyson is an old soul, if you guys oh, haven't figured this. it out by now. His um, musical his musical uh, likings and, and taste is very old school. What's a silk shirt, got to unbutton it low, <laughs> some pants, Call me Benjamin flair Button. to them. Benjamin Button. Luther, or what's the name of this song? Uh, Never Too Much. Okay, I'm looking it up because I'm going to walk home to this this tune. Oh, this, feels this like is a, good... a strutting song. You can strut <laughs> to this, Brett. <laughs> well, how about this for another strutting song? Hey, Canada, your store's got it all. Take a look, check it out. Well, it's the most for your money. 1994 commercial. Who voiced this? <laughs> the lowest price is the law. Tim reminding us the lowest price is the law at Zellers. So, yeah, let's continue this chat about Zellers because it's making a comeback in Canada this spring. 25 locations, including one here at the Bay at St. Vitale. And, uh, I mean, there, there are, like, lots and lots of people looking at this story at globalnews.ca. And we're asking you, like, what was your question, Loren? Why? Like, I, I don't want to be rude. 
I don't have a, a lot of memories of Zellers. I certainly shopped there, but I'm genuinely wondering what has everyone so excited. And I don't want the response that it's Zeddy, like the mascot, <laughs> or I was looking at a blog about why Zellers was so great. Someone mentioned that Ferris wheel ride. Google it. I don't know if you remember it, but it would take you up in the air, maybe two feet in a round in a circle if you were like a four-year-old child. And then some people mentioned the restaurant there and the crinkle cut fries. I'm not talking like the accoutrements of Zellers. Was it really the lowest price? Did it have great deals? Better deals than elsewhere? Like what's genuinely got people excited about this? Unless it's just the idea of more competition is a good thing. And another store, big store, you know, merging uh, with the Bay at Save Vital Mall is a good thing. Like tell me why. Well, so we had Woolco. We had Kmart. We had Kresge's trying to remember of some of the other department stores that we had when I was a little kid. Eaton's. And then, uh, of course, yeah, but that was that was like, you know, they had the you, you, know, you had that money to go to Eaton's. Uh, that was, you know, high flute and stuff was Eaton's. But then I think Walmart took over Wolco. And so the Zellers was really the, the direct competition to Walmart mm-hmm. for a long time. It was their superstore to their Safeway back in the days and so they sort of kept one another in check and i would argue canadian tires sort of filled the void of zellers over you know since zellers went away but i think there's room in canada for another quote-unquote discount store a department store where you can get just about everything and and hopefully at a decent price i don't know if it's going to be the law brett and if i can you know if we can find Zellers for for not providing the low to, lowest prices or throw them in a Mexican jail if they don't. But uh, I, I think there's room for this. Yeah, we're getting some feedback along. Like Carol from East St. Paul says, my daughter, who is 29, still has clothes from Zellers from when they closed. Uh, it's good for frugal students. Candace says, not saying Zellers was the best, but 40 years ago, for example, children's clothes were good quality and reasonably priced there. I also love the chocolate milkshakes at their lunch counter. Yeah. See, no, I don't. You don't get a chocolate milk vote, but I'll take the clothes because somebody else just wrote just now. The clothes last forever. That's interesting. Yeah, like I, I don't remember if I what clothes I may have had from Zellers. And this feedback as well, I love this. The listener says this just in: the byway is to open miniature stores inside <laughs> Dollarama locations across Canada. <laughs> What's next? Bargain Heralds? Like, please oh make, it, make it stop. <laughs> no, you know, more, more competition is good. Uh, lots of people saying gambles. Yes, I forgot gambles. They were also uh, sort of in that same market space as the Wolco back in the day. In fact, I think at Grant, Park's, Grant Park Plaza, they had the Gambles and the Wolco as the, the anchor tenants, so to speak, at either end of, of the mall there. Oh, wow. Yeah. I don't remember What was Gambles. the name of the, the, the – does the Zeller's restaurant have a specific name? Uh, I don't know. Because Yves is talking about the grilled cheese at Zeller's, and I'm all here for that. I enjoy a good grilled cheese. Well, hang on a second. You just said no vote for the chocolate yeah, milk no, or chocolate I, you shake. Know, what, what, I, what I say doesn't matter, okay? <laughs> I changed my mind. You're being wooed. You're being I'm wooed being by being grilled wooed, cheese. But, and, and what if I put bacon? And grilled cheese and a chocolate milk together is is exciting. But So the restaurant might get you in. But I do – I genuinely am wondering, is it the fact that there was more competition – and everything wasn't under the two big box stores or the three big box stores. And therefore, there maybe was a deal. Maybe the lowest price was almost the law. 204-780-6868. Are you excited <laughs> about the return of Zellers to Canada? Um, because I know that that's what, whenever we talk about uh, stores or businesses, you know, from the from the days of sure. your, what would you like to see come back? Zellers always pops up. Sure does. And I seem to remember the stores being clean. At least I in, do too. In their, in their final days. I remember the, go, the, we would, when we worked next door at Polo Park, I'd zip over there sometimes to get myself, I don't know, big bag of chips or something. And then I think even their, their food stuffs, when food they, stuffs were cheap. When they opened that brand new store, when Polo Park added the second level yeah. back in the mm-hmm. 80s, and mm-hmm. they opened that store up mid-mall, up on the second level, that Zeller store, they kept it immaculate. It was super clean. I, that was always one of my things I didn't like about Zellers, but I think it sort of flipped there, uh, you know, in the last 15 years, the last 15 food. years of their operation. Where? At the Polo Park? 
Like at the Zellers, there was like a grocery like a option grocery? there? I don't remember. Well, I, th- I think they just had, I, I, I think they just sold like snack Snacks. type stuff. Yeah, like there's no dairy case or anything like that, I don't think. Uh, one of our listeners saying maybe H- HBC could bring back the paddle wheel as well. Oh, no. Come on, people. The paddle wheels, part of the redevelopment plan at the Hudson Bay store downtown. Get out of here. Re- yes, it is. Oh, man. Okay. Uh-huh. Exciting stuff. Coming back to Winnipeg. But feel free to weigh in at on our text line, and you can read more at cjob.com, globalnews.ca. Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb, we have some tickets to give away for the Manitoba Moose against the Iowa Wild, February 17th. That's a Friday at Canada Life Center. We're asking you, this was inspired by the fact that Madonna has uh, announced a big world tour, not coming to Winnipeg. Would you travel to see Madonna? Where would you like to travel to see a show? Or where is somewhere cool where you've seen a concert? And we're getting some amazing places. And Ray Braun, for example, Mackling, I I feel like he was uh, one of our runners-up. Um, he was trying to, to get in with the love of the foo. Ray says, I've been lucky enough to travel a bunch for shows or festivals. Some of the highlights would be seeing Silverchair in a legendary venue in Hamburg, Hamburg, Germany. That's called, is it? Grey's Rock, I would guess. Yeah, my German's terrible. A huge punk hardcore festival in Belgium and seeing the Foo Fighters outside of the Much Music Building in Toronto when they did their intimate and interactive show. The absolute best, though, was a Christmas present from my wonderful wife when she surprised me with tickets to see the Foo Fighters at Wrigley Field in Chicago. It was absolutely epic seeing them in such an historic venue. That was in 2015. Ray and I went back and forth. It was 2018 when I was lucky enough to see them there. Ah, magical indeed. And then Blair is our runner-up here, and Loren's going to read the winner. Um, This one is from 2016, Blair says. My wife and I saw the opera Carmen in the original Odeon of Herodes Amphitheater at the base of the Acropolis in Athens. Come on. To not only have the opportunity to take in one of the world's most famous and beloved operas, but to do it in such a profoundly significant and impactful atmosphere under the lights illuminating the Parthenon at night was nothing short of chilling. Truly a once-in-a-lifetime experience. The places people are seeing concerts, Loren, is just blowing my mind. No, that came on the list. I was telling you guys I ended up in the rabbit hole of like all the top places to watch or see concerts outdoors, and that was on the list for sure, as well as the one that was mentioned earlier. Was it Colorado, the Red Rock? Red yeah. Rock's in Colorado, yep. Yeah, that one, and then there's one in Sweden, which sounds great. But, there's uh, the uh, Gorge in Washington State, which is incredible, yeah. too. What was but the one that you one? looked up, Loren? Dalhalla oh, in Dalhalla Sweden? Dalhalla in Sweden. I'm trying to, I've already sent Cam a link, and I've informed him what tickets would cost to go there <laughs> flight-wise because... He's a huge Jesus Christ superstar fan from the musical, and that's showing up at Del Halla at some point in the next uh, couple months. But he could get there for twenty four hundred bucks, him and his wife. And then I was like trying to sell him on this because it looks amazing. But it's it's like it's in a it's also in sort of where I think a meteorite landed there, you know, years ago, centuries ago, carved out this space in the rock, and they've built this concert venue there with lights bouncing off the rock and all the rest. It looks gorgeous, and. Um, I was saying I didn't recognize any of the acts except for the musical, and so I thought that looked pretty cool. That is cool. But Simon is our winner. Simon says, I have one for you guys. My wife and I were huge, huge Harry Potter lovers. Back in 2003, we just happened to be backpacking around Europe at the same time. They were releasing the new Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix movie. Upon hearing this, we quickly pivoted away from the Greek islands and made our way to London. And I'm sure it was just blind luck or perfect timing, but we were able to secure first showing tickets at a place called Shakespeare's Globe Theatre in London. Uh, Another once-in-a-lifetime experience. And when I Googled this facility, uh, it looks like an incredible spot to see a movie, to see a concert, to see a play. It's like a a circular uh, facility with an open air, um, just I, I, I can't even imagine watching anything in a place like all of these places, but I, this was cool. And what they sacrificed and what they gave up to go and see this really took it to the next level. I mean, we've got listeners said they saw Yanni at the Acropolis. That's amazing. But what did you give up? Did you give up a week in England? No. 
<laughs> Good point. Simon, congratulations. You win. Thanks for all the wonderful stories and for giving us some ideas on places to travel and see some shows.